Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rusty Quill presents...
Whatever happens, stay close to Isaiah, so the mundane devices keep working. Will do. While the doll was busy raising the roof, I was taking notes. The Bolgia was really flexing its muscles at that point, illustrating what it could do, even in the face of the combined efforts of the mundane devices. But that also meant that it was revealing a little more of itself than it had up to that point. And from what I could tell, and to confirm my earlier suspicions, the Bolgia didn't seem all that different from a dream. Its shape and potency seemed inextricably linked to some kind of consciousness, even collective consciousness. But like Isaiah said, whose collective consciousness made all the difference? I think I'll play with my little girl dolly first. Oh no you don't. It's time to see just how much sanity I can bring to this screwball reality. Hey! What are you doing? Stop that! It hurts! Mommy! The little doll is hurting me! Isaiah wasn't holding anything back, and the mundane devices were only intensifying his output. The ground was still shaking, but it was to a vastly different tune. Good old-fashioned Newtonian reality had just dropped a quarter into the jukebox. And according to the steadier rules of our reality, giant dolls made from only bloody yarn and dirty plastic couldn't wander around without a more complex and realistic system underlying its construction. Predictably, the doll began to slough apart. Layer after layer of reddened yarn unraveled and fell away, thumping wetly where the thick strands tumbled out of sight. Jesus, you're doing it, Isaiah. Keep it up. Take that fucker apart. Uh, I'm trying. Uh. As my brother strained against the indigenous reality, the world started to turn white and cold. I could feel more than just the familiar touch of the solid world, but also a soul-dampening banality. The day after Christmas, birthdays on a budget, Rover's last trip to the vet, there was a part of the Bolgia that seemed to resonate with our reality. Its disappointing solidity. The systemic absurdity of the place was slowly coming into view. What made the place tick? Or, at the very least, I finally realized what the place was called. The Bolgia of Broken Toys. I could smell the sour of morning whispers after a dream of flying feel youthful expectations dying upon pipes of painful truths. This was the place where childhood went to die. Isaiah's power continued to balloon, stark whiteness nullifying all the previous sights, a cold sadness enveloping the world. Dark white sadness slowly yielded to a much lesser and far dirtier shade of pale. As grubby white cement walls melted into view, 
framing a place I'd never stopped dreaming of. <coughs> it's, uh, it's the lab. Yeah. You alright? Yeah, but I've definitely been better. What the hell you gone and done? He overtaxed himself is what he did. But it looks like he forced the Bolgia into a different shape, straight out of me and Isaiah's head. The lab lost nothing for its translation from memory into matter, or whatever the place was made of. In fact, it maintained that otherworldly quality childhood places often lose when revisited as an adult. Oh, my head was a throbbing beehive of bad memories, of being a prisoner, a test subject. You two was raised in a laboratory? <laughs> Explains a lot. Uh, I, I'd watch it there, cowboy. Could be your childhood memories we're walking through next. Well, that suits me fine. Been a while since I've been the Lone Star. And besides, there ain't much to my childhood to make hay out of. Nothing but lonesome prairies and target practice. Probably why this here place picked from you eggheads instead of me. Silent Legion teach you to play dumb like that, did they? <laughs> nice try, Agent Man. But you ain't got shit on me. I know that Gan brought in a skin reader from the Legion back when we were in Blackledge. And, given what I know about how popular Gand and Mesmer's little project is with the Esoterium, they're probably pulling from the only Esoteries that want to play ball, which aren't many. And since you don't seem like you're on loan from the Magic Lantern Club, that makes you for a silent Legionnaire. Huh. Gotta say, I'm impressed. Didn't think you Jericho boys knew how to read and write, let alone put two and two together. Even if they do only come up with three. You okay to get going? Yeah, let's keep moving. Sooner we score all six lights, the sooner we can get the hell out of here. While walking through nightmares was my previous vocation, I wasn't big on walking through my own. Especially with so much company. Everything was exactly as I remembered. The long, cheerless hallways that led to some little room stuffed with diagnostic equipment and nameless doctors armed with long, pointy needles. The stark white interview rooms divided between observation booths and soundproof recording stalls. And how, no matter where they brought us, there was never even a single window. You see that thing up there, laying on the floor? Looks like another fucking stuffed animal. Uh, Isaiah, it's... Yeah, yeah, I know. It's the stuffed animal Dr. Karras snuck in for me. <laughs> Mr. Stripes. Shut the fuck up, Shane. <laughs> weren't gonna say a thing, Mr. Stripes. Fuck! What'd I say about giving a feller a fair warning? Just didn't want to take any chances with another innocent-looking toy. You didn't want Mr. Stripes to cut you up like that clown did, did you? The clown got lucky as all. Just like the family man, huh? Seems you run into a lot of lucky folks. Why? You feeling lucky, Agent Man? Nah, I don't believe in that shit. So tell me. What does the, uh, insomniac believe in, then? 
I believe I can blow holes in just about anything. Holes big enough for an elephant to piss through. Jesus, why do I have to keep playing referee for you two? Knock it off, alright? We got a hell of a lot more to worry about than bruised egos. Ain't my fault your brother can't take a little ribbon. The lab was getting under my brother's skin. I could see it in his eyes. The want to hurt the world for what they'd done to us. Shane just happened to be the nearest punching bag. Sounds like an intercom system turning on. The male child, Isaiah, is relatively weak-willed, entirely dependent upon his sister for any kind of guidance or strength. He is, I believe, borderline sociopathic. With a limited emotional spectrum and weak ego, it seems a distinct clinical possibility that the boy could develop severe behavioral issues. This possibility is only further augmented when one takes into account his biological origins, which may very well be the source of his apparent psychological aberrations. Naturally, the worst of the child's inherited traits will likely manifest post-pubescence. I recommend a course of puberty blockers and thorough observation, at least until such a time his specific genetic trajectory can be determined. What are you gonna do next, huh? Read the fucking warning labels on the back of my bottle of Risperdal? <laughs> the Bolgia was making a concerted effort to get into Isaiah's head, and doing a pretty damn good job of it. He was already low for the over-exercise of his power, so he was ripe for the effort. Generally, when he overdid it, he'd get cold, dispassionate. But in times like this, when his nose was being shoved into his shortcomings, his lack of emotion only brought him that much closer to a dark singularity. What he boiled down to when there were no emotions or ethics impeding his darkest impulses. As his sister, as his only real family, I had to hope there was at least one last layer left to him. Humanity. You sure you can find a way back to that there, uh, staircase? Shit's completely changed around. I'll find the door out. Don't worry about it. Speaking of doors... Yeah, it's the big cargo elevator that used to bring in all the other patients. Not that any of them ever stayed very long. Well, looks like our number's up again. You guys know this here place better than me. How you wanna play this one? Well, there's no real sense in hiding or anything. This whole place is part of the Bolgia. And I guess we just stand here and see what this place has in store for us. Subject 42. Horace Billsaw. One of the very few survivors of the new Victorian Night Plague. The subject was but a child during the catastrophe, yet seemed biologically altered for his early exposure. Preliminary examinations suggest that his alterations may have been assisted by a pronounced case of somnophobia, which itself could be a response to previous contact with the beings known as the Wakeless, prior to their full-scale invasion of the now-quarantined city of New Victoria. The subject's post-plague metapsychobiological changes seem to engage whenever they experience profound levels of fear which, due to an overdeveloped sensitivity, is quite often 
Given the subject's pronounced phobic nature, we feel confident they will prove a superior subject for the Roosevelt Project. We formally request to retract our previous submissions, subjects 40 and 41, the Stroud Twins. Please note, subject 42 is extremely dangerous when frightened and may require significant sensory isolation prior to transport. Please, no, let me go. I, I don't want to go. Please, stop. Inject him quick, before he changes. <laughs> no, I can't go to sleep. <laughs> All right, he's out. Now get him out of here and prep him for transport. Hey, you leave Horace alone, you big jerks. You two should be thanking us, kid. Oh, Horace here just took your place in the newest Frankenstein program. You brats just dodged a bullet. What the fuck? Horace was the older kid who was in with us. The, uh, the one who just shivered in the corner most of the time. He was only with us for a little bit, though. Yeah, I remember. Oh, Christ, the dreams he'd have. Some of the worst I'd ever seen. Could this place really have some kind of bead on him? Or is it just spitballing based on whatever it can pull out of our heads? Hard to say. I'm not 100% on how this place even works. But its theme seems to act as an attractor for similar experiences. Ruined childhoods. So I guess it's possible Horace's memories could have wound up here. I don't have any idea what the two of you are yammering about. But that elevator's coming up quick. It was possible the Bolgia was cribbing from our memories, as I had heard of the Roosevelt Project, especially as it concerned New Vic. We were doing sleep studies on its behalf, using subjects suffering from milder cases of sleep plague. But beyond the tests we conducted, logging the test subject's most persistent dream images, I knew next to nothing about the program. Horace could have ended up in it, but there was just no way to be sure. I just hope it ain't another toy. Or a clown. Well, would you look at that. A hallway built into an elevator car. How avant-garde. I guess we're supposed to go through there? Like you said, it's all part of the same bolgia. Doesn't seem to make a difference where we go, so long as it's further in. We got five lights showing on the packs. Shouldn't be too much longer, I wouldn't think. <laughs> I took you for a pro, Shane. You should know by now it's never as easy as running out the clock. Yeah, well I've been in the business long enough to know that the sun shines on a dog's ass every once in a while. Then you really haven't been in the business long enough. Any of the shit we're passing by ring any bells with you two? Yeah, just diagnostic equipment for the most part. All these holding cells were always empty. I don't know if we were here before or after the lab's experimental heyday, but all this couldn't have been made just for us. The white coats were always hauling in new junk to scan us with. Up till Haskell brought it up earlier, I uh, <laughs> had no idea what, if anything, they figured out about us. Now who you trying to shit? They must have known tons about you before they took you into Jericho. 
They had to train you, didn't they? Yeah, they knew what I could do. I just didn't know they knew uh, why I could do it. And they left it to me to work in my um, gifts into the training. Apart from a few instances, I was treated like any other grunt in training. Speaking of shadow schools, you still pretending like you ain't silent legion? I ain't saying fuck all, but I sure as shit weren't trained to be no grunt. I knew there was so much more Isaiah wanted to say about the lab, or the imitation of the lab, but he wasn't going to spill too much in front of Shane. As for me, the meds were keeping me upright, but I was seeing ghosts around every corner, and the bit about Horace had me digging deep for old memories, and feeling a boatload of guilt. He'd almost entirely slipped my mind, but that he might have been another unique survivor from New Vic had me scratching my head. What if the Bolgia was telling the truth? So what the hell is this place? There's enough monitors in here to keep watch on an army. Control room, looks like. That is, if it was ever real and not some bullshit fabrication of the Bolgia. We never had the pleasure of seeing this place. But we always knew they were watching us. So you're gonna make us wait till you click on some of those monitors? What are you gonna show us this time? More clowns, maybe? The secret diary of one of the facility's janitors. How's about that? Ask and thou shalt receive. Look at them all. I don't remember anywhere near that many kids being kept in here. Could be a load of shit, too. Remember, this place isn't the real McCoy. No telling what's made up and what isn't. Good chance it's all horseshit. Especially since the place is pulling images straight out of our heads and neither one of us remembers anything like this. The monitors were filled with security footage of distressed people. Some strapped down, others huddled in corners, still others rocking back and forth on the cold stone floor, thumbs in their mouths, eyes wide with shock. There were men and women of every age, background, shape, and size. Yet one thing united them all. Their eyes. Every pair the deepest blue. They're all infected with sleep plague. This is Dr. Edwin Karras, personal log. I feel that our experiments can now move into the next phase. Having been received of the mailing hybrids, the Stroud Twins, we will no longer need the rest of the test subjects, who can now be disposed of according to the requisite protocols. I have already made significant inroads with the children, befriending them, gaining their trust. It will be important going forward that I appear an ally to them, actively opposed to the staff, and seeming to defend them in times of stress. Once properly positioned, I should be able to secure the requisite compliance from the subjects to advance our work into the final stages. Dr. Karras? No. No. I don't believe it. I don't believe it! That's bullshit! This place is fucking lying! I've got a present for you, Isaiah. Oh, what is it, Dr. Karras? 
You don't have to call me Dr. Carrots, Isaiah. Just call me Uncle Edwin. I mean, we are friends after all, aren't we? Sure are, <laughs> Uncle Edwin. Now can I see my present? Please, please, please! <laughs> okay, but don't tell anyone I gave it to you. The people here don't want you to have any fun at all. But not me. I'm going to make sure that you and your sister have all kinds of fun. <laughs> so here you are, my little friend. Wow! Oh, wow! It's a tiger! I love him, Uncle Edwin! Thank you! Oh, you're very welcome, Isaiah. Well, what are you going to name him? Every pet must have a name. Um, I know, Mr. Stripes. <laughs> I think that's a perfect name. Hey, Romy, Romy, look what Uncle Edwin gave me. <laughs> it's a tiger, Mr. Stripes. <laughs> The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. 